This is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, Coffee with Carrie, then make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe, and take a sip of coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. And then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement too. You can also find me at Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think, no, I know, you're going to be encouraged. There's no room for Jesus in the inn. Luke 2.7 tells us that Mary gave birth to her firstborn a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them. The fact that there was no room for Jesus in the town that very first Christmas was actually foreshadowing of the treatment that Jesus would receive throughout his entire earthly ministry. And in the hustle and bustle of today's world, and with all the commercialism of Christmas, no room in the inn certainly foreshadowed the treatment Jesus' birth would receive in our modern world. So this Christmas season, let's make sure there's room for Jesus in our hearts and homes this Advent. But y'all, it's hard, and I know, to make room for Jesus in our hearts and in our busy schedules when we're constantly rushing around and pushing to get more and more done and trying so hard to make the season special for everyone. But just like the innkeeper whose inn was too full for Jesus, our holiday schedules usually don't leave much time to appreciate and enjoy the meaning and the precious gift of our Savior's birth and His first coming. So, how can we calm the Christmas chaos so that we can be intentional about making room for our Lord and Savior this Christmas? Well, let's get one thing straight. <laughs> During many Christmas pasts, I am 150% guilty of adding so many things to our December that not only did I not leave room for Jesus, but I may have unintentionally just pushed him out altogether. Trust me, I'm not proud of it. Now, when the kids were younger, Christmas really was all about baby Jesus. Our celebrations and our traditions, they were simple and they were so sweet. Then as the kids got older, we started homeschooling and our schedules got busier. It was just harder and harder for me, for me, to keep the focus on the reason for the season. It was after reading Luke 2 verse 7, that one little verse, that I was convicted, you know, Carrie, you're not leaving much room for Jesus in the end. I was convicted at that time to only do things during the month of December that pointed to Jesus. I was also reminded that this holiday season was all about family and friends and making memories. So 
I started getting back to the basics. Now in this episode, I'm sharing with you things that I have personally learned along the way, the hard way. (laughs) And in this episode, I want to talk with you about two things, ways to calm the Christmas chaos in our homes and schedules so that we can be more intentional about making room for Jesus this season. So let's start with the practical stuff, the clutter that comes with the holidays. If you're like me, clutter just drives me crazy. It makes me go a little loony and I do have a hard time being joyful in clutter. So for me, getting rid of the clutter is one of the first ways to calm the Christmas season and to make room for Jesus. So here's a few organizational tips that I've used and some awesome friends have shared with me over the years to help me calm the Christmas chaos. Okay, so one, when you decorate your home for Christmas, don't add the decorations to what's already in your home. For the month of December, replace all your pictures and your books and your little knickknacks and school stuff, all that kind of stuff. All those things that are usually out on display or around the house and replace them with your Christmas decorations, your Christmas photos, and your holiday books. Don't add to your stuff. Replace those things just for the season of Christmas. Now, the first thing we do is we we remove everything off of our mantle, our shelves, our desks, and other spaces that we use for all of our Christmas decorations. And once I take all the Christmas decorations out of our Christmas bins, I then put all of that stuff we just took down into the bins. Our usual stuff is tucked away for the month. And then we put those bins back in the garage until January 6th. Out of sight, out of mind, remove the clutter, check. Doing this one little thing really frees up more space for special decorations and it eliminates the clutter. Okay, second. Then put all of your Christmas and holiday picture books and chapter books into one basket. We put all of ours in a large read aloud book basket in in our front room by our fireplace. This way, the books for read aloud and bedtime stories are all in one place. My kids look forward to this tradition because there were books in this book basket that we only read at Christmas time. And one of my kids' favorites is the Cajun Night Before Christmas because I read it with my very thick Cajun accent. (laughs) But that book is only out during Christmas time, and it's easy to get to since it's in our book basket by the fireplace. Okay, three. I always put our nativity sets, and I have several of them because I love collecting them, out first and front and center. They are the first things that we decorate with, and I make sure that they are the focal point throughout the season. If nothing else in the house gets put up, and if no other room gets decorated, at least all the nativity sets are up. This is one simple way we make sure that there's room for Jesus in our little inn during the holiday season. Now, when the kids were little, I had several kid-friendly nativity sets that they could play with and they could interact with. I kept all the breakable ones and the precious ones on the higher shelves, and I put the felt and the plastic and the wooden sets at their reach. Now, my daughter loved playing with baby Jesus, and when she was about four or five, I can't remember, she brought baby Jesus from our nativity set 
everywhere with us. Well, one year, I think she left poor baby Jesus at the post office because when we got home, we couldn't find him. So later on that day, when we were playing with some Play-Doh, she made a new baby Jesus out of the Play-Doh and she placed it in the manger. Now, I still have that large clump of clay that was painted pink for some reason. I don't know. It's Francesca. And it's in one of my manger scenes because the manger is just so empty, right? Without baby Jesus. Now, losing baby Jesus at the post office and making a new one led to a family tradition. Each year, we also made homemade nativity scenes to give away as presents. Several years in a row, we made little wooden sets with simple wooden pieces and little wooden pots that we got from the craft store. And a few years, we made clay scenes and we painted them, just like the little lost baby Jesus that Francesca made. And some years, I bought commercial ones that we just painted because in all honesty, I was just a little overwhelmed that year. And one year, we made nativity ornaments instead. I guess making a nativity set each year was one way I could make sure we didn't leave Jesus behind. And it was a simple way to share the gospel with friends and family at Christmas time when we gave them these homemade nativity sets. It was our way of always making room for Jesus and keeping him front and center of our celebrations. Now, trying to find baby Jesus at the post office and then around the house also reminded me of a sweet tradition that my mom always did with my brother and me when we were growing up. She never put baby Jesus in the manger scene when we decorated. She always waited until Christmas morning. So that year after Francesca lost our little baby Jesus, I thought I would do the same thing that my mom did, but we wouldn't have Jesus be MIA during the entire month of December. So we started playing a game, Find Baby Jesus. After setting up the kid-friendly nativity scene on the kitchen table on December 1st, I would then hide baby Jesus somewhere in the house, but pretty far away from the kitchen where the nativity set was. Each day, as part of our morning time or our Advent devotion time, my kids had to go and find the baby Jesus figure. Now, as Christmas got closer and closer, I hid baby Jesus closer and closer to the manger scene. The hiding spots became more challenging, too, as the kids got older. And then eventually, I let the child who found baby Jesus one morning be the sibling to hide baby Jesus the next morning. Now, this simple game kept Jesus in the forefront of our minds and celebrations, and it was so much fun to play. Okay, so the fourth way, and I think the most important thing that we've done to calm the Christmas chaos and to make room for Jesus all month long, was to take the entire month of December off from formal lessons. Hey, we homeschool, so we have the freedom and flexibility to do just that. And yes, we always took the entire Sabbath month in December. Now, last year, I did three Coffee with Carrie episodes on how to truly rest during December and how to take a Sabbath month. And for the moms who are already thinking that they're just going to get too far behind if they take a whole month off in December, now I really want you to listen to episodes 45, 46, and 47. They're called Adventures Preparing for Christmas and Holiday Homeschooling Part 1 and 2. You really have to listen. I give you tons of reasons why you should take an entire Sabbath month off and how it's possible to do so, 
and I even give you some ideas of what you can do during the month of December in lieu of your formal lessons so you don't feel so guilty about taking an extended break. Okay, so one of the easiest ways to take a Sabbath month in December, the easiest way to calm the chaos and to make room for Jesus during the month of December, is to use your family's Christmas and Advent traditions as your lessons during the month, not in addition to, but actually make them your lessons. Don't add more lessons to your already busy month. Use what you're already doing as your learning time. Use your hours and hours and days and days of baking as your math and art and science lessons for the day. And moms, when the kids are younger, just lower your expectations. All of your cookies don't have to be Pinterest perfect. Oh, and get some plastic squeeze bottles from the dollar store to use for your icing and decorating. It's less messy and you can have them filled and ready to go when the decorating mess begins. Now, I always had a few batches of cookie dough for the kids to bake and decorate, and I had a few batches of my own. Remember, it's the thought that counts. Your neighbors and friends and family will not think any less of you if your child's star cookie looks like a supernova that has already exploded. Heck, one year, my own personal decorating was so bad, (laughs) I actually passed off some of my horrendous cookie decorations as cookies my kids decorated. (laughs) All right, so some of my cookies look so bad, it did look like a three-year-old decorated them. All right, another prideful Christmas mom moment I'm not proud of, but you know, it's okay. Just put the cookies, the cute ones and the not so cute ones in a cute little tin or a baggie with a pretty bow and voila, you've got gifts, you've got math and science lessons, and you've got tons of memories and traditions to boot. Okay, another way to save time and calm the chaos is to run all your errands with your kids. Yes, do them with your kids and make them your lesson for the day. Yes, it might take a little longer, but you know, we only live once and it's Christmas time. So crank up the music in the car, get all bundled up and do your grocery and Christmas shopping instead of your formal lessons for the day. Enjoy the Christmas decorations everywhere while you're out too. And if your kids make their own gifts or they purchase their own gifts, then they're doing some writing as they make their Christmas list and they're doing some math while they're shopping. Remember, moms, lower your expectations a bit. What's more important, getting the groceries done quickly and rushing home or spending time with the kids and getting them involved with the holiday gift giving? Now, one of my favorite things to do with the kids was to go shopping together for Operation Shoebox. We would pick a boy and a girl each year, and then I would let the kids run up and down the aisles picking out gifts that they wanted to use to fill the boxes. So grocery shopping, errands, and gift giving, they aren't just another thing you have to do. Just make it the one and only thing you do for that day. You'll feel less rushed, and your kids will have way more fun too. Okay, another organizational tip is to have a wrapping day or two wrapping days if needed. Now, I love wrapping Christmas presents, and I think it's one of my favorite Christmas traditions. It was something my mom and I used to do together. But 
it can get messy and very chaotic with all that paper and all the boxes and ribbon and tape and tags. So first, don't be tempted to do it all yourself. Yes, your gifts may look like they belong on Instagram if you wrap them all yourself, but you're missing out on passing down some important skills, traditions, and making memories with your kids. And second, don't be tempted to always use store-bought paper. Some years, I took out finger paint and large rolls of white paper, and I let the kids go crazy. They finger painted in red, green, and gold all over the white paper. Once it dried, we used it as paper to wrap our presents with. Some years, we wrapped the papers with butcher paper, and then I let the kids stamp Christmas things on it, or they decorated the boxes with Christmas stickers, or I let them draw on the presents before we put the ribbon and the bows on them. Make it a wrapping day, especially if you have younger kids or you have lots of kids. Clear off the floor or the kitchen counter or the dining room table. Take out all the wrapping paper supplies that one day. Don't forget the kid-friendly scissors. Lots and lots and lots of tape, because trust me, when kids start wrapping their own gifts, they go through a ton of tape. And homemade or store-bought gift tags and tons of ribbon. Now, depending on their age, teach them how to wrap. Show them how to measure or eyeball it. Show them how to fold and crease the paper. Now, if they're younger, just give them the gift, some paper and a roll of scotch tape and let them figure it out. Again, moms, just put a pretty ribbon on it and all will be fine. Just breathe. <laughs> then crank up the Christmas music and spend the day making gifts and wrapping them. This way, you only have to take out the materials once and you only have to clean up once. And don't feel guilty about not doing formal lessons this day either. Do you know how many math skills they're learning and practicing while they're wrapping and rewrapping gifts? Trust me, tons. And they're learning math and art skills that they aren't learning in traditional textbooks either. Now, do the same thing with your baking. Set aside a day each week to do your baking. Then on one day, Take out everything you need and start measuring and baking and decorating. Another thing I love to do was to make extra dough, and I would just keep it in the refrigerator for, you know, those spontaneous days. Some days our plans would fall through, or a friend would come over for a spontaneous play date. So in those days, I would crank up the Christmas music again, and we would take out the extra cookie dough and make some gingerbread cookies, or we would decorate a gingerbread house. Here's a time and sanity saver. During the month of December, I learned from my mama. Every time I cook a meal, I make a double batch of it. We eat one for dinner and I freeze the other one. So on the days I meal prep for the week, I also make double batches of whatever I'm cooking for the week and I freeze the duplicates. And I know I don't need to explain to you why I do this. December is nuts, even when we try to keep the crazy at bay. But there are some days that we spend all day doing something that I thought we would only spend an hour doing, <laughs> or we would get stuck in traffic and we would get home with little or no time to prepare dinner. So on those days, I always knew there was a healthy homemade dinner in the freezer I could just take out and cook for dinner. I even made double and triple portions of my favorite go-to artichoke and spinach dip. I freeze them too, and if I run out of time to prepare something for a party we're attending, I always know I have something delicious to defrost and to bring with me. 
These homemade meals also make great hostess gifts too. Okay, so let's talk about our calendars. If you take a break during the month of December from your formal lessons, you now have way more time to enjoy not only your family traditions, like baking and wrapping and making presents, but you have more time for holiday festivities. And you won't feel guilty about it. Go Christmas caroling, or at least go to a Christmas caroling concert. One of our favorites was going to our church's concert of the Messiah. Go to a Christmas tree farm, even if you don't cut down your own tree. Shoot, just hang out at Home Depot's Christmas tree lot. It's the next best thing for city slicker friends like me. And if your family loves ballet, go to the Nutcracker. If your family loves musicals, go see a Christmas carol. If your family loves movies, go see something fun or watch a few Christmas classics at home. Find some local Christmas fairs to attend. Find events in your area that are free or at least not too expensive. This year, we went to the Living Desert in Palm Springs to see the Night of Lights while watching the animals come out. Go to a drive through a light exhibit and or drive around town looking at the lights. Now, my favorite growing up in New Orleans was Christmas in the Oaks. It was by far my favorite thing to do, just looking at all of those hundred-year-old oak trees just covered in Christmas lights. Go to a live nativity. Here in Southern California, there are tons to pick from. A few years, we even went to a planetarium and we watched a show called The Star of Bethlehem. I loved learning about how God used the stars and wonders of the sky to proclaim the good news of his son's birth. Go ice skating with friends and find a farm that has a reindeer. By taking a break from the usual informal lessons, it opens up your schedule to do your family traditions and to even make a few new ones with family and friends. Now, you may have noticed I always suggest to crank up the Christmas music while baking, wrapping, cleaning, shopping, or driving. I think learning and singing Christmas carols is by far my favorite way to share the gospel with my kids and with our family and friends. During December, not only did we just listen to Christmas music all day, every day, but I intentionally taught my kids a new Christmas hymn or Christmas carol once a week. When you listen to the classic carols and all the verses of those carols, you see and hear the gospel being sung right off the Bible pages. Classic carols are full of doctrine and biblical truths. They're full of prophecies that have been fulfilled and promises of prophecies yet to be fulfilled. They're full of hope and joy and peace that only comes from hearing and accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ. So at our breakfast devotion time or during our morning basket time in December, I would focus on one new hymn or Christmas carol a week. We would learn about the history of the song or the songwriter or the inspiration behind the, the classic carol. Then we would learn a verse a day and sing it. By the end of the week, we had a new Christmas carol memorized. And in the process, I was also teaching the gospel and biblical truths to my kiddos. So sing those Christmas carols, memorize those Christmas carols, and crank up the music. Now, before I end this episode on calming the Christmas chaos in order to make more time and room for Jesus this season, I want to share just a few more holiday hacks with you. One, hot glue your gingerbread house. No one's going to eat it, so just glue it. Two, 
color code your kids' Christmas presents. I used one wrapping paper for Francesca and another one for Joe. And when they were little, I hid the presents in plain sight by wrapping them during their nap time and putting them under the tree. This way, I didn't have to use precious space and closets to hide their gifts. Three, make snow to keep your kids busy while you do something that isn't kid-friendly. I mean, come on, we have all those packing peanuts. Wet them. When you wet them, they stick together. It's almost like playing in snow. Or put a bar of ivory soap, and only ivory soap will work, in the microwave for one to two minutes. It turns into this awesome white fluff. It's fun to play with, fun to mold, and boy does it smell good too. Or squirt some whipping cream into a pie, call it snow, and let your kids play in it. Okay, four, make your own butter on those days that your kids have extra energy. Okay, let me explain. Give each kid a glass jar with a lid, place a clean marble in it, pour one or two cups of heavy cream in the jar, and then shake. Shake and shake and shake until you have butter. This will keep your antsy kids busy for at least 15 minutes. And the homemade butter is delicious. Then, for fun, put the soft butter into little candy molds or ice cube trays and make decorative butter pats for your Christmas dinner. Okay, five, use your slow cooker for everything this month. For hot chocolate, hot cider, soup, dinner, you name it, use it. Six, out shopping or at the airport, take a picture of where you parked before you leave your car. (laughs) This way, when you're finished, you can find your car easily and you don't lose hours and hours trying to find your car. Seven, always have cinnamon and spices on low heat on the stove to give your home a holiday smell. Or if you're oily, use your diffuser to encourage calm and warm feelings each day. Eight, things explode in the microwave. I don't know why it happens more often at Christmas time, but it does, and it leaves quite a mess that's hard to clean. So put a wet sponge in the microwave, microwave it for a few minutes, and then wipe it all down. All the burnt-on spills will easily wipe up now after you do this little trick. Nine, when at the Dollar Tree store, buy tons of plastic containers and aluminum foil disposable tins. This way, after parties, you can easily send people home with the leftovers, and instead of scrubbing pans when everyone leaves, just throw away the aluminum bin you cooked the roast in or you baked the veggies in. And ten, the most important one, don't forget to start each day in God's Word. It's the best way to bring joy and peace into your Christmas chaos, and it's definitely the easiest way to make sure there's room for Jesus this holiday season. Thank you for hanging out with me and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. And don't forget to check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. This is a perfect book to read right now. It's great to give to a friend as a gift or to give to yourself this Christmas. And if you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week or with a homeschooling friend who's looking for ways to calm the Christmas chaos. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcasts and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. 
Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, our book, and homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. Merry Christmas, and see you next time.